In Jeremiah 12:5, God challenges Jeremiah, If you have run with men and they have tired you out, how will you compete with horses? God offers you a similar challenge to live a life of biblical discipleship and to build a healthy marriage and a godly family. He never promises it will be easy, but it will always be worth it. Are you ready to run with horses? Hello, this is Norman, and welcome to Run With Horses. Glad you could be with us today. Today, I'm going to take a little different track than normal and talk about something that maybe is more interesting to me. I'm not sure how you'll feel about it, but I, if you remember, if you might have heard me say before, my undergraduate training was in ornamental horticulture. And then I studied botany, plant taxonomy, and greenhouse management, and all these kind of things. So... And I grew up in a family where we did a lot of gardening. So today I want to talk about life lessons from the garden. And I think it's very appropriate to think about something like this because when you look at the illustrations, the parables that Jesus used, many of them are from farming, from nature, from the interaction between man and the garden. So there are a lot of things that are true, and we see illustrations of them in this process of gardening. So I have several things just kind of walking through the process of planting a garden, and I want to look at some of the spiritual equivalents there, because I think there are a lot of things that maybe are reminders to us, and sometimes for me it's easier to remember it when I attach it to something like the garden. So some of these spiritual truths um, will be very, very familiar to you. Maybe some of them are new. I hope not. (laughs) Not if you've listened to us very long. So the first life lesson from the garden is one, you need to commit to the process of gardening. I don't know if you've tried gardening and failed at it, but I know a lot of people try and just find it incredibly difficult and struggle with it. And part of it is this not really knowing what they're getting into, and part of it is not understanding the commitment that it will take to follow through because you plant a a seed or you plant a a seedling, a small plant that was started in the greenhouse. And when you plant that, it's going to be a long time, a long process of caring for that plant through its life cycle until it bears fruit. And if you don't understand what you're getting into, I mean, it's depending on where you live, weeds are a real thing. So I've lived in the South, in uh, Alabama and Mississippi, and I've also lived in Southern Japan. And in both places, let me tell you, weeds have the upper hand. So if you're not committed to this process of gardening, you will be overrun and your garden really won't produce much at all. So understand you have to commit to the process of gardening if you're going to try it. And if you happen to be interested in gardening while I'm on the subject, you can check out a book like Square Foot Gardening. Start small if you have a small space and be able to take care of what you have and then build on small successes would be the way I would recommend it. And spiritually, that works well too. So we think about committing to the process of gardening. You need to commit to the work of the Christian life. It's not all cake and ice cream. <laughs> you know, the, the spiritual life can be difficult. You can and will have struggles and have trials and have difficulties as you follow Jesus throughout your life. There will be times when it's incredibly difficult. And there's fruit at the end, too. But in the middle, 
you know, I remember standing at the end of a row of peas in Alabama as a kid. And, you know, my my job, my role for the day is to hoe that row of peas to the end. And, you know, and as a 10-year-old, I look at this row of peas and go, man, that, that thing's long. It's going to take me forever to do this. And it was a long process. And you might get stung by an ant or two along the way. And uh, it might get hot. And the weeds might hurt your hands a little bit. But, you know, it's it was a good process, a growing process. Well, the spiritual life is like that, too. You commit to the process that God has for you. There will be difficulties, partly because of things like sin in your life and sin in the lives of other people. The world at large uh, has been damaged by sin. So there are sicknesses and illnesses. And the weeds in the garden, I think, also are a result of sin. So ultimately, it is something you have to recognize. It's not easy. It's going to take some commitment. So commit to it, whether it's gardening or the Christian life. Second, know what you will grow before you begin. Depending on what kind of space you have, like I right now, I live in a small yard. I have a small yard with my mother-in-law. And we only have enough room for a few raised beds and don't have a lot of room. You're not going to be planting rows and rows of sweet corn in our yard. So kind of have to know what I'm going to grow before I'm going to plant anything. You kind of have to prepare and, and plan that space out. So I, I need to first pick out what I'm going to grow considering the space that I have. And I think this is similar to the Christian life. You need to know what is the work that God's forming in you. And part of answering and asking that question is to also ask the question, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? You know, Jesus has something for you. He is changing you, but he is also giving you a purpose and meaning in life. So a garden space, if I build a raised bed, it has a purpose. There's a reason why I build that raised bed. I plant things in and I prepare that soil with a purpose. I, I expect something from it. There's something that I desire to achieve through this work. Well, the work that God is doing in you has multiple purposes. One of them is that he is preparing you for fellowship with him. But there's also the purpose that he's working where he is preparing you for the work in the here and now. So God is really, really good at accomplishing multiple things at the same time. So one of the reasons why it's important to read God's Word and see what kind of God He is and what He does is to recognize God is working in me and God is working through me. What does that look like? What does that mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus in the world today? That's one of our goals in this show is to to encourage and challenge you along the way as you follow Jesus. We live in a broken world. We live in a world that is not what it should be and not what it could be. So what does it mean to follow Jesus when everyone else is not necessarily doing that? Uh, Everyone is not going to be kind to you. Everyone is not going to be loving to you. Everything is not going to be easy all the time. So how do you go forward? Kind of, it's kind of important to know what God's doing and to see some of the ways God does it. So know what you're going to grow before you begin. And then once you've picked out what you're going to grow, you've looked at your space, you kind of have to plan your garden space if you're growing a garden. So this might be things like row spacing. You know, we talked about corn. Well, I'm not growing corn, but there's a certain distance 
that you need to put between the rows of corn. If you're planting tomatoes, it's a different distance. If you're planting squash, okay, it's a different distance. Planting watermelons or pumpkins, a different distance. Planting radishes, okay, much closer. So things like row spacing, or does the plant need a trellis? Does, it, does the plant that you're intending to grow need support? If it needs a trellis, you need to make sure that you can provide that, or your plant might not do very well. You really need a trellis for your tomatoes, for example. If you don't have some kind of support for the tomatoes, a lot of the tomatoes will end up on the ground and they're gonna rot. So plan your space, not just the size of it, but thinking about what you intend to grow, what do these plants need to grow? Part of that might be shade. Are you growing plants that need shade or that need more sun? You may have to pick your space in your yard where you put that raised bed if you're like we are. Or, you know, a, a full-time professional farmer might use shade cloth or things like this and have a greenhouse where they control the environment a little more. Plan your space and see what you have available to provide for that garden space. Summary of this in the spiritual life is live an intentional life. If you can see what God's doing in your life, then join with Him and be intentional about making the choices that give God greater freedom in your life. When you see what God is doing and moving you toward ministry-wise, pursue that. Be intentional about pursuing the ministry that God has for you. Consider your choices. You know, I, I often talk to different young people and they're considering the future and they're considering work and they're considering maybe different pur- purchases or relationships with people. And one of the ways to evaluate all those choices is to ask, is this choice going to make it easier for me to follow Jesus or is this choice going to make it harder for me to follow Jesus? Is this choice going to be an, a hindrance to my spiritual life or is this choice going to be a help to my spiritual life? Is this choice going to give me a stronger testimony of the work Jesus is doing in my life, or is it going to hinder my testimony? If you think about these kind of questions, a lot of our choices are made a little more clear. So think about, be intentional about your life choices, and be intentional and try to plan out some of that space. You have the garden space, you have your uh, intentional life space. Prayerfully consider how to use it. In the garden, one of the things you have to do is know what tools you will need. You're going to need probably a hoe, maybe some gloves, maybe a trowel, a a rake. There's all kinds of things that you might need. You might need a, a wheelbarrow. You might need a shovel. Know what tools you're going to need for the crop that you intend to grow. You may need clippers to cut fruit off the vine. You, you may need all kinds of things. It depends a little bit on your garden, how big it is, what you're planning to grow, the plants that you're going to plant there, uh, whether you're doing it part-time or are you're really serious about it, you're growing a big garden, you're going to be canning and all those kind of things. The tools you'll need will be different depending on what your expectations are and what kind of crop you're growing. So in the spiritual life, you want to know what resources God has given you to succeed in this life and in your spiritual growth. Many of those tools are the things we talk about all the time. God has given you His Word. We really should commit to to spending regular time reading it, listening to it, talking about it with other people, because that is the main tool that God has given us to get to know Him. He's also given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the church. God has given us a lot of resources 
uh, in and through the church to help us to grow. So know what tools you're going to need in your spiritual life, in your physical life, to be the person that God intends for you to be. Some of these are practical tools. You may need a calendar so you can schedule out times to meet people. Uh, They're all kind of practical tools that you're probably going to need. A notebook and pencil would be a very basic practical tool. That would be helpful as you uh, journal and take notes about what you're studying in God's Word. So know the tools you're going to need. Okay, now we're finally getting down to Looking at the garden and actual soil itself, you need to prep the soil. Know what kind of soil you have. Know what kind of soil you need. Some plants require more acid, some more alkaline. There's some way you can adjust it a little bit. It's a little bit of work. Personally, what you, I believe you should do is try to pick the, the area, pick the place to put your garden that has the soil for the kind of plants you're going to grow. So you don't have to make a lot of adjustments with the pH of the soil. But you still make adjustments with Uh, soil amendments with fertilizer, with things like that. So know what you need for the plants that you have and know what you have. Spiritually, who are you? You are the soil that God is growing uh, his spiritual new child in. Who are you? Who does God say that you are? What does God say that you need? Uh, How does he talk about you? We need to accept his evaluation of who we are and who we can become. You know, sometimes we get trapped in this view of ourself where we feel like, I just can't do it. I, I'm, I'm worthless. I, I can't do anything. What does God say about you? God says, in your weakness, he is made strong. God says, if you follow him, he will accomplish his work in your life. Uh, God promises to do the work, and he, he doesn't rely on your strength. He relies on his will, his purpose, his strength working in you. We have to accept that. This is how God talks about us as the soil. So who are you? Accept God's evaluation of you and accept his promise to make you what you need to be. Okay, we've gone through all this. You've got your garden planned, soil prepped. At some point in time, you have to pick a day and plant according to the season and the type of vegetables you're growing. Different vegetables have a different timing as far as in the early spring or later spring or in the summer. Part of it depends on when you want to harvest it. Part of it depends on the growing season of the plant. You have to pick a day and say, it's planting day. Today, we are putting these plants in the ground. Yesterday, my daughter planted onions. It was planting day for the onions. So we picked a day, she put them in the ground. Spiritually, it's the same thing, only it's every day. You, you choose to follow Jesus, and you confirm that choice daily, and daily you're planting in the garden. It's worth it. Begin it and continue to the end. You'll be planting daily. You'll be weeding daily. You'll be harvesting daily. Once you commit to this process of an eternal, being an eternal garden that bears a sweet fragrance for God. So pick a day and plant. And then what do you do? When you plant seeds, well, you water and wait. <laughs> and in our case, we used a lot of compost this year. So there's a race between the weeds and the seeds that we planted. So we hope the seeds we planted come up quick enough that we can uh, know where they are before the, the weeds take over everything. So when we did our soil prep, we had to do it the cheap way and put in a lot of compost that had a lot of weed seeds in it. So while you're watering and waiting, we're kind of praying that the seeds go quickly. Well, what does that look like in your life? You're going to plant and water the seeds of the gospel in your life as well as the life of those people around you. And then you have to develop patience. 
You do your part and trust that God will do his part in his time. You don't have responsibility for God's part in your life or somebody else's life. You only have responsibility for your part. Take that seriously and do your part. Plant the seed and water it. But then understand that one of the things God is developing in you is patience. God wants you, God expects you to have the patience to wait on Him to work in your life, in the lives of others. I know we would like to have instant change. I don't know about you. I don't know how many times I've seen something in my life that I just, I wish I could fix this today. I I want patience. I want it now. (laughs) And that's the world that we live in. We're constantly bombarded by uh, all these promises from the media that, hey, do this and your life will be better right away. And God tends to work more like the garden where it's a, it's a long process. You know, you plant seeds and you have to wait. And we were buying seed packets the other day. And you look at some of those seeds and you say, well, this seed will sprout something like radishes maybe in 52 days. Okay, that's quick. Not sprout in 52 days. Uh, the uh, harvest will be in 52 days. Okay, that's really quick. It might sprout in two weeks, but it's still 52 days. I mean, that's, that's a long time. That's almost two months. Oh, then you look at other things, and some of them say, well, 105 days. Okay, well, that's, that's a long time to wait before you can harvest that plant. So along the way, what are you doing? Well, you're not doing nothing, but you're not eating the fruit of that plant. You're not uh, able to enjoy the fruit that you're growing, the vegetables that you're growing right away. You have this process where you're tending the garden. You're watering. You're weeding. You're maybe making sure that the plant is on the trellis properly and that it's tied up. If you have tomato plants, you have to, every week or so, you're going to have to make sure that it's still on the vine, on the trellis as it's supposed to be. You're tending this plant so that it develops the maximum amount of fruit. And really, this whole process of gardening and spiritual gardening is similar. You have things that you are investing in today in your spiritual life that you will not see the fruit from for a while. If you are a new believer, for example, or if you're someone who has never really read the Bible that much, you are going to have to tend that garden for a while before you develop all of the fruit that is potentially there. There are some things that are quick. You know, if you start reading and you you are given a recommended passage by a, a mentor, you may find something every day, little nuggets that really are helpful. But to really reap the benefits and the fruit of gardening and tilling this work of reading your Bible, it's going to take a while. You're going to have to learn Bible study methods. You're going to have to learn what some of the tools are. And you're going to have to put in time practicing and using these tools, reading the different passages, and getting to the point where you're familiar enough for the Bible where you read this passage, it reminds you of another passage, and you begin to see connections because you've read enough of it to see that God is consistent in His Word, and He's teaching me, He's growing me, and He gives me different angles and different looks at the things He's doing throughout the history of the Bible. So, water and wait. It's going to take some time. You've got your garden. You've watered. You've waited. One of the things you find in every garden anywhere I've ever been, weeds are going to come. And you're going to have to fight the weeds. So, one of the things about the fall, 
with the sin that has corrupted the world, we have to work to grow our food. And weeds are just the bane of my existence as a gardener. So what is spiritual weeding? Well, the definition of weed that I was taught in horticulture is that a weed is a plant out of place. I think that's really good because we think about weeding in our life, and a lot of times we only think about sin. Well, there's some things that no matter where it is, we don't really like it. A thorn bush, a poison ivy, you don't really want that anywhere near you ever. <laughs> so it's hard to ever see that it's in a proper place. Maybe a proper place would be where there are no humans. <laughs> but there are other plants that this is a, a, a plant that has a nice flower. It's attractive, but it's in my pea patch. Well, that means it's a weed. It's a plant out of place. It's a flower where I don't want a flower. I want a pea plant. In the spiritual life, we have spiritual, uh, we have sin, which is a weed that is we don't ever want in our life. But we also have things that are like that flower in the pea patch. It's a good thing. And in somebody else's life in the right place, it's a great thing. But if it doesn't belong here and now, then it's a hindrance to what God is doing. And there are all kinds of things like this. I know my wife and I have talked about it, and she shared before, you know, she really loves to read. And she reads good things. She doesn't read things that are sinful. She doesn't read things that are bad. But the amount of time that she might give to read, there might be a time in her life where that time should be given to something else. And it becomes a weed. Reading even this Christian fiction book or a, you know, a devotional book by someone else. It, it could be that in this time, that's a weed that needs to be removed to leave space for what God is doing. So recognize you're going to have to learn and discern. Discernment is something that is learned over time in your life. You're going to have to learn to discern what are the weeds, what are the vegetables, what are the flowers, where do they belong? Where in my life does the fruit belong? Where in the life do the flowers belong? What are the things in my life that are weeds that are sinful that have no place in my life? And what are the weeds that are just out of place that if I can, some things are like tulips. There's a bulb. And if a tulip comes up in your vegetable garden, okay, you can dig that up and move it. And that's great. It can become a plant in its proper place. But other kinds of uh, flowers are plants that might grow in your vegetable garden that don't belong there, you may have to just completely remove them. So when you're in your life, in your spiritual life, what are those things? Learn to evaluate your activities, your thoughts, your relationships, and ask the question, is this relationship, is this activity, is it sin? Did you get rid of it? No questions asked. Uh, flee temptation. Flee youthful lust. And pursue Godliness and flee is turn your back and run like death, like it is death pursuing you because that's what it is. But if it's the one that's out of place, evaluate and consider if this is not the place for that, do I have a place in my life this should be? It may be that it's missing from somewhere else in my life. So consider the weeds in your life, the, the spiritual activities and all of all of the th activities of life, and ask where do they belong in my life? Do they belong in my life? Keep a close eye on your spiritual life and your choices and be proactive in fighting sin and be proactive in evaluating 
all of the activities and things that you do so that the garden of your life is the most fruitful that it can be. Weeding is one of the big activities throughout our life. Finally, then, we reach the end of the garden. We harvest when the vegetables are ready. And I don't know about you, but most people, this is their favorite time. Either the planting of the seed in the beginning, and that's really cool too because you have this beautiful garden, the soil is prepared, the the rows are laid out, and the seeds are put in. It's just, it's really satisfying to be at that part of the garden. But at the end, when you have the fruit, when you're able to go out and pick that cherry tomato, when you're able to dig up that carrot and wash it off and see that beautiful orange carrot and cut it up into your salad and and take the lettuce and the tomato and the uh, onions and chop those up and put them and make a salad from your garden. Okay, that's just really satisfying. So you harvest after all of that work and all of the the heat and the weeding and the watering and the waiting to have that fruit is so satisfying. Well, the spiritual life is exactly like that. There is a lot of satisfaction in planting those seeds and beginning and seeing things laid out and neat and getting started. In the middle, it gets kind of messy. (laughs) It can have days and weeks when it rains, it's hard to weed and the weeds get too high and it can be kind of messy. But if we keep on top of it, we continue to continue to continue at the end, we reap a harvest. And spiritually, that harvest comes sometimes when we are at a place in our life and we think back five years ago to today and say, man, I've I've changed. God has done a work in my heart, and I'm a different person than I was. And you recognize that fruit in this life, that God is changing me in this life. That's really just awesome to recognize God is doing what He promises. He is doing that work of sanctifying me, of growing me to become more like Jesus. Nowhere close to there yet. But to be able to see, even in the little ways, how God is changing my desires and changing my heart, and then to recognize that one day we will reap a bountiful harvest of righteousness in the life to come. One day we'll stand before God justified. Oh, that is, uh, that is the time when all of the labors of the gardening of this spiritual life are, are there for us to see. That is the time we go, it was all worth it. So the summary, gardening can be hard, but the rewards of struggling through the difficulties are tasty from the garden. And a life of following Jesus will be hard. Absolutely, it will be. If you do it as he intends, it will be hard. But the rewards of standing before God at the end, justified, will be eternally worth it. You will not regret any of the time that you spend pursuing Jesus. Follow him. And as Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's worth it. It's hard, but it's worth it. It's simple, but it's hard. Keep running. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question we can address on the show or just want to send us a word of encouragement, send an email to talk at runwithhorses.net. That's T-A-L-K at runwithhorses.net. We look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, keep running.